I did like it. What, uh, what are you writing? It? What are you, what are you going? <laughs> <laughs> when is the day going to be when we literally get the same score? As long as you keep going first, probably never. My score can't sway your score. Because you just want to fucking make me argue with you. So what? You're just one of those guys. I've never, like, blacked out and just killed a bunch of fat girls and started sewing their skin so I could look like a beautiful woman. But we know two guys that have, and they were sober. And you can, too. In Silence of the Lambs. And we're live. This is different. Welcome back. Things have changed around here. Do you like it? I love it. Dude, I've been... I built it two days ago? Three days? No, I built it sat last Saturday. Okay. And then I've been like tweaking it throughout the days. And I just keep coming back here after it's been set up and just like turning it on, just looking at it. I'm just looking at it. I mean, people are... Really gonna take us a lot more serious, huh? We got a Crown Cinema sign in the back. That's right. That was long overdue. Yeah, it took a long time, but it's rewarding. It's very rewarding. This will be our best episode yet. Let's go. Speaking of which, it's spooky season. It is. It is. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm scared already. I'm not a big horror movie fan, though. Like, I have not seen a lot of horror movies. I get scared of horror movies. So you haven't so, seen a lot either? No, I mean, I, I I try not to, but now I'm like, okay, you know, you're 24 years old. Put your big boy britches on and go watch a scary movie. You can handle it. It's just a movie. Have you seen The Conjuring? Uh, if I have, then I think my mind has just completely erased it. From now, ever seeing it. Because that's an actually good horror movie. Like, okay. I watched that, and I was scared. It's creepy, but I was like, okay, that was actually a good movie. Okay. I, I don't even remember what The Conjuring is about. I don't really remember the storyline of it. I just but remember, you just being remember good. thinking, wow, that was a really good movie. Yeah, because, you know, you see horror movies, and it's trash, you know? But yeah. No, I mean, hey, I went and saw uh, a recent scary movie. It was that Smile movie. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. And like that, I thought that was a pretty good movie. The ending of it got to me. It had a pretty good twist, pretty dark twist. You know, so I was a fan of that. And they were like, you know, because if you're going to do jump scares, you got to do it right. They got to like truly be unpredictable. Like they can't be too frequent, that kind of thing. So I thought that was a decent movie. Um, but no, other than that, I haven't seen another scary movie since. Damn, because I remember you telling me about Smile, and you said it was actually really good. You told me and Mercedes to go watch it. Mm-hmm. I never did. It's good. It's good. I like Get Out. Like, I've seen that, but that's not really scary. Those are Just, psychological thrillers to me. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, uh, that's always going to be borderline, I feel like, but... Yeah, I don't know. Like, when it comes to... Like, I'll, I'll never watch the Saw movies. Because, um, I mean... Apparently, the Saw 10 movie's legit. The new one? Apparently, the last one was legit. <laughs> apparently, the one before that one was legit. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I remember being traumatized as a kid because... I, I don't know. I was, like, nine years old. I think I was going to hang out on my trampoline. And the TV was just left on downstairs. And, like, when I was, like, going out the door, like, there was a Saw movie going on. And the scene was this guy, 
like his arms and his legs are like just being twisted like just it never stops and i was so morbidly captivated by it that i couldn't keep my eyes off the screen and i just remember i was like and then i ended up finding out that that was one of the worst deaths ever constructed in a saw movie and i just happened to see it as like a nine-year-old kid what an introduction yeah, well, and obviously, what a way to just be like, wow, I'm never going to watch those movies. Yeah, it's because the Saw movies are about a guy that has people play games, but they're all dead, like, you know, lethal uh, what he's, consequences. Uh, what he's doing is, like, he's going after bad people, and he's putting them through just awful, horrendous situations. And he always says that there's a way out, but there's, like, pretty much not. And his way of Only- justifying what he does is that, like they always had a chance to survive. So if they died, it was their fault. I was like, all right, dude, like, so you've seen one in full. No, no, no. But like, I would, I remember like, again, I was like morbidly curious, I think a few years later. And I was like, just kind of saying, I was like, what could these movies even be about? Cause they're so popular. So it's like, there's no way it's just a dude torturing people. It's no way. It's just this like clown on a bike riding by and that's it. And so I looked into it a little bit. Again, I kept my distance, but I wanted to see. And so that's what it is. He's an anti-hero of some sorts. Mm. And uh, like all the people that he kills, like they're corrupt, they're they're liars, they're thieves, murderers, whatever. Like he's going after like, he's not going after just normal, innocent people. Oh. Which makes it a little bit better. Why is it scary then? I feel like it's not scary if you don't want the bad people because they still they still it's still like an animal caught in a trap and you feel bad for that animal because there's no way they're going to get out of it yeah it's and probably it's, yeah it's probably like a seven situation yeah like you feel bad for what like at the end of the day like well for me having not seen much of it i remember like that i've seen two saw traps i saw that first one and the second one like i just was like, you know what, maybe I can handle it. And I was like 12, 13 years old. And this one was like two people are like separated from a window. And the only way that they, one of them can live is like whoever can sacrifice the most uh, flesh off their body. So like it's a guy and a girl and the guy is like cutting out just, I I don't know, like a spleen out of his stomach. And then the girl is like cutting her arm off. And, like, they have to, like, put it on a scale, and they have, like, two minutes to do it. And and I saw that, and I was like, okay, never mind. Still can't handle it. I'm kind of curious to watch one now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know what? I'm 24. Like, I'm sure (laughs) I could handle it now. Yeah, you got your big boy pants on, you said. Yeah, my big boy britches. Uh, I don't know. It could probably be, it would probably be, like, a popular episode, because, I mean, the saw, what, this is the 10th one? Yeah. So it must have done pretty well for itself. And I know people that have told me like, yeah, I've seen every single Saw movie. Oh, it's, it's, is it in theaters? It's still playing in the theaters. Yeah. Saw X. Two hour crime, or not crime, horror and crime movie. In a nutshell, it's disturbing, graphic, and brutal. Yes, I can attest to that. See, maybe, I I don't know, because I don't like, Movies that are just like really gory, like and like disgustingly gory. Like I like fun, you know, Tarantino action where it's like, 
over the top violence, but it's not like torturing somebody. It's like shoot somebody and his head blows up. Yeah. You no, know, and this it's kind is, of, this is like torture. Like you're watching somebody want to die for like two minutes straight. They're just like, Oh my God, please make it end. That's what a yeah. lot of these scenes are. I think it's, I think it's called body horror is a type of horror movie. And essentially what that is, there was a new one that came out and it was about this cannibal couple that would like hang out with people and then they would like start to hook up like and have a threesome. But then the couple would just like start to eat the other person. So like I remember there was like a trailer or a scene that I saw on YouTube and the guy was like sucking a girl's finger and then he just chopped it off. Just ate it. And I'm like, ah, that is just so dis- disturbing. And I'm like, I can't, I can't get myself to enjoy like watching that. Like, why would I ever choose to see that? That just seems brutal. Yeah. To hell with the plot. I mean, what yeah, the hell dude. is going on? Yeah. Is with Timothy Chalamet too. Yeah. He was a Bones cannibal. and all. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a movie. I saw that movie. Oh, you did? Yeah, I saw it. Was it good? I liked it. But oh, I so also was could it? Talk- it wasn't as gory as Saw, I didn't think. I mean, Saw okay. is just next level. But oh, so like, you saw it. That's cool. Yeah, Bones and All. I mean, like, people were disgusted by the fact that they were making cannibalism seem... Normal. Justified. And I was like, that's not really what they're doing. Like, this is obviously fiction. It's just like, these people have a disease to where, like, they have to eat... They pretty much have to, like, obtain human blood like a vampire or whatever but like they have to eat human flesh because that's just their condition like if they don't do it the crazier they go yes i think some people all forget the fact that a movie doesn't always have a message that is trying to tell you that this is okay sometimes it's just a what if these people had a disease yeah. that they what had if to this eat was people a thing? Yeah. yeah like what if yeah. not that's how i looked at it yeah at it's least. not like cannibals should be treated yeah. a little bit, little you, bit better i, I remember Cause when I saw the movie, there was actually like a girl in one of my classes and she was in the same theater as me. And so like the next day when she saw me in class, she was like, what did you think about it? I was like, I mean, is, you know, pretty crazy idea to have for a movie. But like, I thought it was interesting that they took it like a romantic way. And she was like, yeah, I didn't like how they romanticized cannibalism. I was like, well, that's not really what they're doing They're To me, it was like, they're just showing two messed up people who feel completely alone and isolated in this world and they're the only ones that like can accept each other for who they are mm-hmm. and like there's another like in the movie there's like a twist where there's some people that really aren't cannibals like they don't have the same disease as them but like they still enjoy like the murdering of people and eating them after and like you, and like they, you can like smell. They, they always they could smell who had the same problem as them, and so like at one point there's a guy that like is trying to join their camp, and they know that he is doing this to kill people, mm. like because they hate that they have to kill people, mm. but like they just that's their curse because if they don't, they just go fucking insane. I mean, it's a crazy concept. I thought, is that a beer in your hand? I thought it's not October 30th. You've been waiting on this. I have been. Yeah. I, uh, it was like 50 something odd days. But then I went to the Texas A&M Arkansas game. 
and my family was just my sister mainly was just like hey please stop like please just have a beer with me and she just kept going and going and honestly being at the game I was like damn like I just really I want to drink this is hell Arkansas I'm an Arkansas fan we were getting our shit rocked we were in the A&M section I was just not having a good time and you know what shout out to Coors not an official sponsor of Crown Cinema but keep the mountains blue it totally put me at a much more better state of mind I'll say did you said she paid you to drink yeah she paid me a hundred dollars too <laughs> That too. She really wanted you to drink. Neither here nor there. I also wanted to drink. Fair. Um, we didn't make it. There are some occasions where not drinking is not the right move. Yeah, I mean, it just... And it wasn't even anything crazy. I think I had... I, I had four beers at that game. And that's... Yeah, like barely a buzz. Yeah, like it wasn't anything crazy. Some would hear that and be like, oh, so what was even the point of drinking? Well, I continued to have a great weekend despite the loss. Cowboys came back that same or the next day, put on a great performance. It was nice to have a little bit of tequila in my system when that was going. But yes, I lost, but I also 50 days of no drinking and working out twice a day. I'm all right with that. I'm curious, what benefits did you get from doing it? Not completing it, but doing it. Like, did you see some benefits changing or like things yeah, that happened with your mindset it, it, or yeah, stuff? Yeah, no, it helps like, it helps you make better habits. Like I was waking up early. I mean, I still am. Like, I mean, my job still like requires that. But like, if it's a Tuesday and everybody is like, want to hang out or whatever it's like and drink i can like still hang out with them and not drink i thought that was like a big takeaway from it It was like okay like you really don't have to drink to have a good time do you see any lasting effects i've heard a lot of people that have went through it say that it changed their life or that like after the fact they had these lasting effects of i don't know their mindset i guess or just i think it's it's put me on a better routine like just staying in shape. I mean, I that buzz is definitely better than like anything alcohol could do for me. So, I mean, that like was nice. I mean, they're just, or okay, like you have a hard day at work and you just do not feel like working out, but then you actually get in the gym or do whatever you got to do. And after it's all said and done, you're like, damn, like I'm so happy I did that. Like that's, that's a great buzz right there. Mm. So... You know what's crazy about that too? I just watched a podcast by, he's a neuroscientist. His name is Andrew Huberman. He does a podcast that just breaks down new stuff that's happening in science, a um, bunch of stuff like that. He had one that was talking about the brain's ability to, the brain's ability to get better at using your willpower and your tenacity of like, you know, your discipline essentially like you can if you practice discipline and like doing a 75 hard type challenge like that where it sucks and all the times that you like do not want to do it but you do it anyway that activates a certain part of your brain and you get better at accessing it as you practice it so he preached like try to do micro sucks like do things like 
when you just did like an hour on the bike, do a hundred jumping jacks afterward, despite you just being like, I'm tired. I just want to wrap this workout up. If you could just do a hundred more jumping jacks after that, now you're practicing that willpower yeah. and then that gets better over time. So you have to like start to change it up because you begin to get more discipline and you're able to do things easier that are harder. Which I think that was something that I guess I kind of a learned about myself or B remembered. Cause I remember, you know, I played sports in high school and that, I mean, if you're having a bad day, it doesn't matter. You still got to work out, you know, with your team. And I kind of forgot that I had that ability. Cause I mean, I would be in the gym and for the first 30 minutes, I'm like, God, like, I'm just going to cut this short. Like all I need is the 45 minutes minimum. And I guess I did whatever I did, but then and I don't know if this is like the healthiest thing in the world, I would be so mad at myself for even thinking about quitting that I would go even harder. And then next thing I know, I've been in the gym for like two, two and a half hours. Mm. And I'm just like, yeah, like I, you can always get over that hump. And I think that's just with anything. I mean, for me, just, you know, if you got to wake up early and go to work, maybe the first hour or two hours, you're just like, God, like, I do not want to be here. There's no way I'm going to get through the rest of this day. But then once you actually like get in the flow of what you got going on, you look up and you're like, damn, like I'm so happy that I woke up today. And so I, you know, I guess I learned that as well. Um, and, and that happens pretty much every day for me. And I feel like that's like something that a lot of people have. They just, you know, when you wake up and all you want to do is just lay back down and go to sleep but then if you do do that, if, I mean, if you're like me, if I wake up at seven and then I go back to bed because I know I really don't have anything to do. And then I get up at like 10, I'm like, God, this is like such a disgustingly late start to my day. And I hate that. I hate that feeling where I'm like, I could have done something. Yeah. That's my biggest fault is I will sleep in. I'm, I yeah. love to stay up late and I hate to wake up early. And so every time, like, but I always feel like shit, like whenever I like wake up and it's like a weekend or maybe even at, like before work and I wake up as early as I wanted to before work and I kind of sleep in for an extra 30 minutes to an hour, I always still feel like shit, but I still do it. And I'm like, why, why am I going to keep doing this? Like yeah. in the moment when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I'll just close my eyes. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I got nothing. That's my issue. If I don't have, if, if I have something to do, I will wake up like this week, yeah. yesterday, when we were supposed to, we were supposed to record. I'm kind of glad you moved it to today because I woke up really early that day and I went to bed late the night before. But even then, like that was a day that I did not want to get up because I had barely any sleep that night. But I can do it when I have to. But it's the issue is if I don't have anything to do that morning, I just chill out until it happens. Yeah, that's what I got. That's my discipline that I got to get better at is being able to just fucking get up just because. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of the sleeping for another 30 minutes but i think my cheat code is that i'll set my alarm for like 4 30 in the morning <laughs> and just keep snoozing it yeah and so then by the time like 5 30s arrived and it's like you know what like i've i've done this like, like too many times like it's pointless it's so stupid that 30 minutes is gone in like five minutes and, and it's also not good for your sleep because it's better for you to just set your time of the, the 30 minutes now so that way you get your full sleep cycle so that way you're not waking up, going back to bed, waking up, going back to bed. Cause that like resets your brain to make it groggy. Maybe. Yeah. I, Cause you fall back into a sleep cycle and you jump out of it quick. Mm, I'll try that out. I, I think it was, I think I heard a, a while ago, David Dobrik said that he does that 
he'll like set an alarm for like 6 a.m. and get up at 9 a.m. But he plans to get up at 9, but he likes to just hit snooze. Yeah, that's what I fall, do. just fall back asleep. That's, it feels good. That's what I do, yeah. It feels good in the moment and then it feels bad when you are like, God damn it, I'm such a lazy piece of shit. Kind of. I mean, I don't feel that way because, I mean, I think it just depends on, you know, what time you really think you are ready to like accomplish a day. Realistically, I know that I could start every day at seven in the morning. Yeah. And so if I just set my alarm at like five in the morning, like if I don't have anything to do that day, but I still want to like do my thing, then like I'll set my alarm at five. And then by the time seven's here, it's like, yeah, like, all right, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And then I kind of just got to fight off that, like go back to sleep demon for like the next hour. But I also think that's like why the best day the best start to a great day is with a nice sweat. Mm-hmm. And so like just waking up and just getting out of bed, getting over it, chug some water and then like go for a run. And then by the time you get back, it's like, okay, well now I definitely can't go back to sleep because it's too late. Like it would just be a waste of a day. So yeah, I guess, I guess I learned that. All right. Well, today we are watching Silence of the Lambs. Yep. I couldn't remember if it was The Shining or The Silence of the Lambs, but The Silence of the Lambs, yeah. I think The Shining would be a good pick for this because me and Grace plan here is the next couple episodes we're going to watch um, scary movies lead up to Halloween. Yes. So we're kicking it off with Silence of the Lambs, which I have never seen. I have seen it, but it was, again, I feel like I've said this plenty of times on this podcast, it was forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's about, uh, like a FBI lady and she's trying to like track down a killer and she's going through a well-known serial killer, Hannibal, and he's like giving her advice, but he's also like got his own morbid plans and he's like just honestly a wicked genius. So here's the description. Jodie Foster stars as Clarence Starling, a top student at the FBI's training academy. Jack Crawford wants Clarence, no, sorry. Jack Crawford wants Clarence to interview Dr. Hannibal Lecter, a brilliant psychiatrist who is also a violent psychopath, serving life behind bars for various acts of murder and cannibalism. Crawford believes that Lecter may have insight may have insight into a case and that Starling, as an attractive young woman, may be just the bait to draw him out. Hannibal the Cannibal. Oh, Anthony Hopkins. Phenomenal actor. This is like a classic movie that is just, that is uh, widely known as being great. Yeah. Like it's not a shitty horror movie. This is like a classic movie. Yeah. That I, yeah, nominated for uh, Academy Award for Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading Role, which is pretty rare for a horror movie. Let's I don't see. know. It, uh... It's a drama thriller. Yeah. To me, I feel like this is uh, just a, you know, this is where horror movies can be great because, like, this is more of like uh, an Alfred Hitchcock type movie to me. Mm. And Alfred Hitchcock, while his movies have terrified the shit out of me in the past, they're also just respectable, you know, cinematic masterpieces. I remember being traumatized by Psycho when I was a kid. Like that? Sh- have you seen Psycho? No. Okay. Well, I've just- only seen. 
I've only seen North by Northwest. Okay. Well, America or Psycho, you know, it's got this one infamous scene where like the lady is stabbing in the shower. Mm-hmm. I remember after seeing that movie with my family, I think I was seven or eight years old. You know, I was taking a shower before I went to bed and my brother being the dickhead big <laughs> brother that he is, he uh, had this trick down where he would like get his football cards or credit card or any kind of card and he would slide it through the the, the lock in yeah. the door and he could bust open yeah but he would do it so quietly and then he would just that's a horrible thing to do to somebody in the shower it was bad and so i mean but it you know he lost because then i just refused to take showers and then i smelled like shit <laughs> How long did you go without taking a shower? It really wasn't that long. I think it was like a few days. It wasn't like weeks or anything. But then I refused to take showers unless it was in my uh, parents' bathroom. Hey, if you got a pool though and you're a kid, that's what the pool is for. Just jump in the pool, take a shower. I had a Remember lake. those days? I had oh, a lake. The lake. The but lake. it's still just grimy, nasty. Yeah, that's grimy. Yeah. That's what I do sometimes. Like, as a kid, didn't want to take a shower, just go jump in the pool. Yeah. That was good enough. But then, okay, but Psycho, as scary as it was, it really, it was a great plot. Like, it had, like, a, it has one of the coolest original twists in a movie. Mm. I think since cinema was, like, really just starting to, like, become big at that time, because it was, like, 1960-something, and, like, the ending of that movie, you're just like, no, shit. Like, but it makes so much sense, you know, mm. when you see it. Um, but again, you got to watch it first. That's why Hitchcock is, you know, Hitchcock's, I mean, he's one of my favorites. That's why he was, he's recognized as one of the greats or as the greatest. Yeah. Because dial M for murder. That's one of my favorite movies too. Yeah. I got to watch them. You got to pick some out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock. He, he's good. He's good. And like, honestly, I think he inspired like the twilight zone Mm. and I love that show. I used to watch that Random thing that I did, like when I my first year of living at the Sigma Chi house, me and Chris, my my old roommate, shout out, uh, we just watched the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. We would go participate in some cool activities, and then we'd come <laughs> back and come watch the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I seen. I'd just be mind blown. They showed us a couple episodes in school, but that's it. I haven't watched. They have, some, they have some great episodes. That's that's a very smart, well written show. I remember there was one of the sh- episodes where it was like a they're trying to do plastic surgery on this like disgusting looking person. The doctors are trying to like do this plastic surgery because she was so ugly, and they're trying to make her look pretty. And then they like undo her thing, and she's actually a beautiful woman. But everybody else is ugly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like the, it was like it was stuff like that. But and I remember one that like kind of stuck with me because me and Chris were like laughing about it but there was one episode where like this guy dies and he goes into the afterlife and he thinks he's in heaven because he gets to gamble all the time like he's like the but he always wins Hmm. he gets any girl he wants like he's like getting his drunk blah 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 like as he wants and then at the end he like tells his like supervisor He's like, hey, like, listen, like, I, I'm having a great time here, but can I, can I try the other place? Like, why don't you, why don't you send me down there? Like, I, I want something different. And the guy like looks at him. He was like, but sir, 
what makes you think this isn't the other place? <laughs> and then, like, that was the twist. He was in hell. Yeah. And then I told Chris, I was like, <laughs> fuck that. If I was in hell and that was hell, like, dude, feed me. Uh, it, listen to me. Bear <laughs> with me. Like, feed me as much ecstasy as you want. Like, I want to just get as blasted as possible. Because why not? You can't OD. The issue is, is that it gets so unfulfilling. I think that's that's obviously the message of it. Is that's that, oh, that's totally the message. But if I'm able to just pop like a million ecstasy pills, <laughs> just like, start tripping out of your mind. Yeah, like yeah. So that was that was my cheat code. Although I'm sure, in reality, that would not work. No, it is hell. But I also started. Um, Oh my God. I literally just started yesterday. Black Mirror. No, no, no. The book that we were talking about. Genius Comedy. Oh, the. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tragic Comedy. Um, I know. Yeah, yeah. The Divine Comedy. Yeah, there you go. My my apologies. I I swear I just started yesterday, but. Because I finished um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Good. It's all right. But the book is going to be way different than the movie because the book is just literal facts. It's like oh, a research paper. Okay. It was good. Story's it, good. Yeah. But like there's so many parts that like are just like footnotes where you're like, wait, no, that's insane. But like he's just, he's only using evidence to describe what's going on. He's not implying any type of bias or anything like that. Yeah. It's not a story or a take. It's a Right. So Martin Scorsese's take is going to be much different than the story because he'll actually like bring the characters to life. He'll pick a side. He'll tell a message. Yeah. And uh, so I finished that. And so I just started this book completely different than what I thought it was going to be. But I'm kind of into it. It's, I mean, it's because it was written in like the 1200s. And it's all, it's just, it's poetry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's honestly like reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, but, so you have to like figure it because obviously the language was just the way that they spoke mm-hmm. was completely different. But once you like actually catch on to it, it's pretty interesting. So it's just a bunch of poems. No, it's like, it's a, it's all a story, but it's written as a poem. So it's like in stanzas and everything like that. Mm, it's got deep meanings and every stanza. Yeah. Like everything means something, especially like in the poetic world. But thankfully in this book, at the beginning of like each, I'm trying to remember, but like pretty much at the beginning of each chapter, it explains what's about to happen, like written out like normally, and then you read the poem, hmm. and then at the end it has like notes for you to read about each stanza and what each note means, mm-hmm. and like what each stanza means. Is that is that in the original or that's just the special copy you got? This is like it's well translated and like. Mm. So it helps it, you out. Yeah, because like there's like a lot of characters because it's a totally different culture. Religious, um, there's just like a lot of characters in these types of plays that meant a lot to people at that time. I can't think of anything specifically because like, dude, I'm only like 50 pages in, but like there's names that are being dropped of like religious figures that meant a lot mm. 
to storytelling at that time. Yeah. And so the notes like kind of remind you like this is why it's interesting that he saw him in hell and like all that kind of uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like you yeah, don't know he, you you don't. There's a lot of references that we just wouldn't get being in 2023. Hmm. So, but I want to cool. read it. So after you read it, let me know, and I definitely do want to read it. It's long. It is long. It's really long. How thick is it? I think it's like 900 some pages. Damn. Damn. It's big, big bold text or little bitty words? Uh, like, I'll meet you in the middle. All right. Yeah. But About it's like... Average? It's, probably. Yeah, it's like poems. So like the stanzas and then there's like big gaps and then stanza, big gaps. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, Silence of the Lambs. That's... uh. This will be poetic. Let's do it. You ready? I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. We We just just watched watched The Silence Silence of of the the Lambs. I thought my first reaction to it is I was thinking, I'm trying to figure this out. This is what I'm stuck on, trying to figure out what the meaning of the movie so it seemed like her character the whole time was not respected by men. She was struggling in this world where, you know, men are in charge and they always kind of look down on her. Most of the movies from her perspective and only Hannibal Lecter will like hear her out and like respect her. Like literally the only person and the, her partner, I guess the, or her professor, I mean, mm-hmm. he respected her too, I guess. But it also seemed like he set kind of wanted her a little bit, like he wanted to have sex with her. Because Hannibal told that to her, and then like he kind of touched her hand all, you know, flirtatiously. It seemed like there at the end. So maybe he didn't really respect her. Maybe he did just want to hook up with her. So I thought at the end it would have something to do with like her overcoming this problem she has of like not being respected by men. And then the ending it kind of just fell flat to me a little bit, where it's just like a shootout. It was definitely anti like the build up to it was definitely pretty cool. Like the anticipation of that last scene, but then he, she just shot him and killed him. And then it's like, that was it wrapped up. So I'm trying to figure out what was the meaning of this movie? Like, what was that all about? Why was there all the shots of her being degraded by men? Like, what did that mean? Like at the end of the movie, like something had to be wrapped up there and I'm trying, I'm struggling trying to figure that out right now. Well, one thing is, Going off of that, so in the beginning, when he's telling her, like, you have to be careful when you're talking to Hannibal because he can get in your head really bad. And Hannibal does a really good job of, as his character, he's really good at, like, getting in their heads. He's he's a former psychiatrist, so he knows how the human mind works. And so one thing that you could take away from it that, I mean, I, I guess I do is that he he gets really involved in her personal situation. He's really good about drawing it out. But then he's also really good about just dropping off random thoughts. Like he doesn't know what uh shoot, what's his name? Um her boss's I don't I couldn't tell. It's you. John Croc or something. Or no, I don't so know. It's something like that. I don't know. But her professor? He just like drops that bomb on her that like, are you sure your boss isn't trying to just fuck you? And I think that just like kind of catches her so off guard. And then 
in a way that might be him getting into her head. Yeah. Cause now ever since, you know, from that point on, she's going to think that everything that he does, every instruction he gives her is like a way for him to like, maybe like make the next move when in reality, that probably isn't the case at all. But like now that he just like kind of planted that in her brain, while extracting so much like vulnerable information from her mm -hmm. that she just automatically thinks like, well, Hannibal seems to have me pretty well figured out. Maybe he just has all these other people figured out as well. And that's like what the bot, like that's what the main detective was telling her to be careful of in the beginning. Cause you don't yeah. want to let him get in your head and sure enough, maybe she did. Maybe, all the guy, you know, because pretty much any scene, she walks into a room, there's like this, just, it, it appears to be like this overreaction of like every guy in the room is just staring at yeah. her. Maybe that's Hector like kind of being in her I head. Because like you said, it's from her perspective for the most part anyways. Yeah, it is from her perspective. And that is true. Maybe he was playing her just to get out. And he was kind of planting these ideas in her head and be like, hey, why don't you look out for this? This is probably there. Because yeah. like you can probably, any chick could probably... Anybody can infer things yeah. that aren't that aren't there by yeah. just having your own preconceived notions about it. Yeah. You can think things are going on when they're really not just yeah. because your body's anticipating it. So you'll see the littlest sign of that being true. Which another way that he would have gotten into red was uh, when she first visits him and she leaves and the guy just gets a facial right then and there. <laughs> yeah. Perfect aim. She is disgusted. She ends up crying. And then the next time she comes back, she finds out that Hannibal killed him somehow. Right. And so then she's like, oh, wow. In this vulnerable state that she might be in, she might be thinking Hannibal's a friend. Yeah. And he actually cares about me and sees me as a person. But those could just be his mind games, which you really have to think about because this dude kills people and tears their faces off and wears yeah. them. So is he... Does he really have your best interests? But that was just something that I kind of took away from it. Yeah, that I, I see what you're talking about. That seems like it, that could be true. But also, so let's just say that he's not. I was thinking about this. So let's just say that he is actually trying to help her out. Like he actually does believe in her, maybe. Him being a psychiatrist, he t asked her, he told her at the end, are the, si are the lambs silent now? Do you hear are the screaming? Did the screaming of the lambs stop? Because she talked about when she was a kid, how the lambs, when she lived at a farm, they were slaughtering lambs and she was so scared of it and hated it. So she ran off. So I was thinking, okay, maybe she sees herself as that lamb who like, you know, doesn't have much control of her life. Maybe she's getting taken advantage of and she's going to put out the slaughter. You know, things aren't going to be good for her. So maybe she feels like she's that lamb. So maybe she's always trying to protect the lamb, like she's trying to protect herself, trying to protect the girl. But really, she might see herself as the lamb. And so that trauma she had as a kid might be pouring over to where like she sees all these men as like the, the slaughterhouse guys, mm -hmm. like the butchers, potentially. And so when he said, are the lambs silent now? The way the ending, the way the movie kind of ended, it doesn't feel like it's accomplished. Like the mission, even though the mission was complete, right? It wasn't like a resolution or like anything crazy happening at the end. It just kind of found him, killed him, done. Yeah. And so that could also kind of mirror how it is in real life where if you think doing some type of action or getting something or achieving something 
will resolve your past trauma. It's not true. The lambs won't be silent until you fix yourself. Like you fix your inside. And if Hannibal's a psychiatrist, he obviously knows this. We're like outside things aren't going to help you out truly deep down. What only you can help yourself deep down. So maybe that was the play is like the movie left off making you feel like how she feels right now, where she's like, damn, like I did the job. I don't feel any better. I think one thing that I could kind of interpret is that her character as badass as she is uh, when it comes to like high take high stake situations such as like when she's about to finally find the killer and she's like going through each door and you know just trying to trying to make the arrest her face is just so terrified like she depicts fear so well I mean she is obviously just horrified by what the situation she is she's a lone woman in this psychopathic killer's house who kills women and and yeah and she's also like kind of still a trainee and like it's been made obvious in the beginning of the movie that she still lacks uh the strength of like making the arrest like she's not good at the action side the Mm. reason she got recruited for this mission was because she's good up here and she's mm-hmm. good at getting into people's heads and like kind of bringing out information from them. So with that being said, you can make that connection. when she's talking about when she's a kid, she's looking to save the lambs, but they're too terrified to actually leave. And then she finally gets one, but it's too heavy. Meaning maybe it's like too heavy of a burden to bear. Mm-hmm. And so kind of what you're saying is, the ending isn't going to fix anything for her because at the end of the day, she saw some of the most disgusting and horrific acts a human could possibly make. Mm-hmm. And so like, how could you possibly be satisfied? Even if you did catch this guy, now you know that there's an even worse person out there like Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, there's hundreds of other people that you don't even know about yet that are going to just, commit the most like horrific crimes Mm -hmm. and so like no the lambs are not silenced like she is terrified because now she's gotten a taste of how dark the world or how dark this world like really is yeah i wonder if the hannibal movie's good the this this sequel i don't know does it go with the story or is it like an add-on they use to make more money well it came out in 2001 this one came out in 91 10 years later came out in 91 and then there was that and then there's the other one with um oh my goodness um fight club what's his name ed norton ed norton he was in another i think uh, he might have even helped write one of the hannibal movies oh really i think it was the dragon one um oh red dragon or whatever i think it's red dragon is and, that a Hannibal Lecter? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's mo- so like it's a franchise. There, there's multiple, yeah. They like really went crazy with his character. Hannibal Lecter. I mean, he's a good character. He's interesting. Keeps you hooked. Yeah, this is Hannibal. There's Hannibal he, Rising. There's Red so, Dragon. He's so... I just feel like we've seen so many like spoofs of his character, though, that it's actually hard for me to see a movie where it's like the original sinister, cynical character like him. You know, he's just so calm but evil and, like, 
unpredictable and he's also like so smart that like me watching it especially now and it's just like dude like i don't know it just it's a little over dramatic to me but i could totally understand that like first seeing this and not ever seeing a character like this before you would find it terrifying yeah yeah and it's definitely scary and it's eerie from the point of view like i think i think the point of view shots are perfectly executed because you feel anxious like when she first walks down to go see hannibal that point of view shot is creepy it yeah. like reminded me of the time whenever i was we were little remember when uh slender man came out mm-hmm. playing that game was so fucking scary because it was just your point of view and you only saw the flashlight view right and you just yeah. turn around and he's fucking there and you're yeah. freaking out so it's kind of like that same feeling where you're like anticipating like you don't know and you can't really control you know what's happening you which just kind of have to move they forward did the, which they did the same thing in the house yes when so i mean she has full control when she's going to visit hannibal because he's in his cell yeah but yeah she's still like kind of scared because she's never seen this before and he went you went through like six or four to six gates to get down there yeah like they have him buried down there at the end of the lowest level so it's obvious that this is the worst person in this entire psychiatric ward mm-hmm. but then they kind of mirror that at the end when she's having to like catch down or chase down her killer. And now she's at the bottom of his level, but she has no control. Mm. In fact, he finally takes control, turns the lights off and now she's completely lost in the dark. She's a terrified lamb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. Yeah. But she got lucky. She got lucky. Yeah. Can't believe he didn't Quick have draw. that gun cog. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess she must've, she must've not been that bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how terrifying, bro. Pitch black. You're in down, you're down in a basement somewhere where there's a fucking serial killer. Yeah. You've already seen skin peeled. You've already you saw s- a rotten body in a bathtub. Yeah. Like, you know that this guy is a madman. That had to have reeked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they even, like, kind of show how bad this all smells whenever they look into the first body and they put the whatever under yeah. their nose i assume that's going to be like the strong smelling like yeah. alcohol to just help you get through how bad the body's going to smell when they unzip it yeah yeah i wonder and what so, that is that's a real thing i wonder it's gotta be yeah, right yeah i'm sure let's look up nose what would that be called nose cream for bad smell police nose jock a stink bomb odor blocker is for anyone looking to block odors. Yeah. Used and loved by nurses, doctors, law enforcement, morticians, commuters, and others who deal with bad smells. Dead bodies, a.k.a. They also do Vicks VapoRub. Maybe that's what that was. Yeah. I mean, or something similar to that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, dude, dealing with dead bodies, bro. Rotting. Especially because, I mean, this body was like found... They said it was found from the water, which means, I mean, who knows how long it's, like, been in there. Like, you know, it's probably weeks old, and, I mean, that thing smells bad. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of something, too. You know how they said that the bodies, he would get fatter girls mm-hmm. because it's easier to, they would get fatter girls, and then he would shrink them down to, get like, starve them, so they got skinnies, their skin's loose, so it's easier to cut it. It makes sense to why this is a little detail that they just said that I just remembered. Whenever he said, because we laughed at it when he was like, um, he killed the first girl. First girl was pretty. Killed the second girl. 
Then he said, you can see he started to get lazy because he got a bigger girl yeah. that wasn't as pretty in the cop size, right? He had the face. What? Well, the pretty girl, he got the face. Now he yeah. just needed, yeah. And so, you know, maybe, maybe he wanted the face because he wanted a pretty girl. So he's like, okay, I'm going to cut her up. And then he realized, damn, it's kind of hard to cut her skin. I need bigger girls. It's like yeah. to shrink them down. Yeah. So that little detail shows like that's his progression of why he did it. Yeah. And maybe he was inspired by Hannibal who at this point, I, maybe we don't know like fully what he's capable of, but the fact that he already knew how to like cut that officer's face off. Yeah. Maybe he learned that from Hannibal himself. Yeah. I think Hannibal had a lot to do with Bill creating this guy. Bill, no, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. What's Bill the Butcher? That's a character. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. That dropped my phone. That's right here. Bill the Butcher. Maybe that... What? I think that's from uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Bill the Butcher. Um, it's from the many gangs of New York, I think. Yeah, he's yeah he's a the Washington Street Gang. Yeah. Later became known as the Bowery Gang. So William Poole, also known as Bill the Butcher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Dude, I haven't seen... You know, Bill the Butcher was played by... Daniel Day-Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that movie my freshman year of college. I've never seen... I don't think I've seen a lot of Daniel Day-Lewis movies. Like, I've seen... um, What's it called? There There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that's a movie that you have to watch multiple times to really get... You have to really appreciate, I guess. Because Tarantino thought the movie was okay. Then he watched it again. And he was like, holy shit. This movie's amazing. And the first time I watched it, I thought it was just okay, too. I was like, eh. Not my thing. Yeah. I, I I remember I tried to watch it one time, but I think I was either really tired or a little hungover, and I fell asleep during One of those it. times, yeah. yeah. Yeah, whenever you're hungover, that's not the time to watch like a try-hard like try mind mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. That's when you just want to put on something stupid. Yeah. And just be brain dead for yeah. a couple like hours. Like, you definitely don't want to watch Silence of the Lambs. No. When you're... When you're when you're battling no. over, this is a movie I think that on another watch is probably pretty good. It's pretty good just because I think you can pick up a little bit more because yeah. the writing and like the close up shots, like it's all so like in your face, but you really got to pay attention to it. Yeah, but although so before she even met Hannibal, though it was close up shots, and those close up shots make you really see somebody staring at you. Yeah. So even then, before that, so maybe Hannibal was right because before he even mentioned that you still have that sense of like guy staring at her because every dude that talks to her it's a fucking close-up of him and you see him staring into the camera at you yeah and it's weird you never see her sometimes she does but most of the time she's looking off camera i don't know part of me wonders if that was just like every character because this is like a messed up case that they're going through and so every character that's on the camera is involved with it somehow so it's kind of just to see like how exactly they feel about this. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Jodie Foster, her character is like wanting to do the right thing, but she's also like, I don't know. To me, she just looks so scared most of the time. Yeah. But like that kind of adds to the bravery because you know that she's just absolutely terrified, but she still wants to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. But then there's other characters that are like fascinated by it. Like the guys with, that she goes to at like the bug library or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Their close ups are just like excited and honestly kind of turned on. I mean, one guy even 
asks her on a date. Yeah, and it's that, like that's another time where she's getting hit on though by a dude. All the dudes are like hitting on her, and it's like they're not taking her serious. Yeah, they're the not doctor, being professional yeah. with her. The doctor's like turned on that he finally has like a good-looking girl coming to visit his hospital. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a lot of that. Like, but it's Hannibal is just cold, and like every time he's looking. He's just studying and he's not moving that much. And mm -hmm. I think that's just what it's going like. Yeah. Yeah. I want to watch it again. I think there's more to be uncovered if you watch it again. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a great movie. You Obviously, there's great filmmaking craftsmanship in this movie where they, you know, planted seeds throughout it because it just is that kind of movie. You know, it's not a silly little simple movie. It's a pretty well thought out movie. So I just got, I got to believe there's more if you watch it again. Well, it's based on a book, too. I bet the yeah, book like, go. goes yeah. in a better detail about like the characters and everything. Yeah, I wonder how creepy the book is, bro. I bet the book is creepy. Because the movie's creepy. Because I was telling on the, on the podcast we did with Mercedes, we were talking about Stephen King books and how a good writer who's writing those horror books, creeping books about just nasty, disgusting, gross stuff, they have to use like the craziest comparisons and like, you know, weird words to make you feel it. Yeah. So that way, you know, you don't just read the, the basicness of the, you know, you don't, you don't just read the simplest, like the simple sentence of like what it actually is. They got to like make you feel the nastiness. So I'm sure that book, cause this movie kind of censored a lot of the, there wasn't much I gore. I think so. Yeah. Like, Despite it being a very dark premise, there wasn't a lot of gore. Yeah. So I'm, I can't imagine what the book is like. Cause you can do the worst gore possible because you can't see it. You know, it's just words on a page. Yeah. Just fictional words on a page so you can kind of get away with doing the worst things possible. Yeah. Yeah. I bet the book does a lot better job of describing the smell. Ooh, yeah, the smell. And being able to think about that, being able to visualize a smell you might not have ever smelt before, yeah. but just kind of imagining how it would be. Yeah. And then being accurate about it. It's just, oof. Yeah. That's brutal. So you liked it? I did like it. I did like it. The ending fell flat, but I think it fell flat for a reason. I do too. Like I think the the kind of like uh you seen No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. You know Love when, that movie. You know when Luella Moss dies and it's just like, What? He's dead? What yeah. the fuck? That was up for a purpose of that movie. Like that he they killed him for they just kind of pushed his death alongside like that, where it's like brushed over like he dies and it just is brushed over in the story you're like what you're yeah. confused if you, the first time you watch it but that was for a very specific point you know they're trying to say something with that same thing with this ending I think is a very meaningful ending I, hope, I bet a lot of people didn't like it though yeah I mean I because I don't know I mean I guess it's time to look and see how it did in the box office because right, I really I mean Jodie Foster was a pretty big actress at this point in her career I think was she I need a stand. I need like a laptop, a little table, like a podium. I gotta get a podium. Cause the laptop's way easier than doing the phone. All right, what are we doing here? Oh yeah, box office. The silence of the lambs. Yeah, it was a good book. Or I'm not a good book. Good movie. All right, here we go. Mm, high ratings on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see. IMDb is making you pay to see some details of movies. That should be just free information. Let's see if it'll give and me the... shit free. It's true. 
Um, the release in February 14th. Okay, here we go. <sighs> Budget was 19 million estimated. So guess the there's three numbers here. We got gross U.S. and Canada, opening weekend U.S. and Canada, and then gross worldwide. So 19 million. It's a very classic movie, so you got to know it was successful. So how much do you think the gross was worldwide? You'd think I would have it down by this point. But it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. It's just, it really is just a gamble. It was a 19 million budget? Yep. $19 million budget. Gross worldwide. One on it. What? One on it. One hundred. Two seventy-two. Damn. Worldwide. Oh, so but the U.S. was one thirty. Okay, that's so you're yeah. close. And then the opening weekend, it made thirteen million. Mm. Damn near recouped its cost in the first two days, three Damn. days. It was good. Use it. You don't remember a lot of it. You said. Yeah. No. Uh, I didn't even remember like the ending until like it started to happen. Like I remember. Um, when she finally made it to the main villain's basement or secret lair, mm-hmm. like I remembered, oh shit, the lights are going to cut off. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, like I remembered Hannibal was going to escape. I kind of, I kind of remembered that his, like he cut the guy's face off. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, that was, that was like the trademark of that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember Dwight true from the office on the, yeah, like it that was the, was fr- um, it's probably the best episode of the show. It's whenever Stanley gets a heart attack. Yeah. What are the what's that episode called? I don't know what it's called, but they're like having to they're doing CPR training. Yeah. I I know the name. I can't think of it now, but yeah, it's a, it's like a two part episode, and that's yeah. anybody who's ever not liked The Office or like said they couldn't get into it. I was like, watch this episode, and they're like, okay, this is funny. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll start it. But yeah, because I remember Dwight cut the face off of the <laughs> the CPR doll and yeah. <laughs> with a mask on. He said, I wanted to see if it was realistic. <laughs> Turns out, yes. <laughs> yeah. Pretty realistic. <laughs> yeah, because Han- yeah, I guess Hannibal, there's definitely some deeper stuff with that. those two characters combined. He knew him. Yeah. He knew the it, So Buffalo that's Bill. the thing. I don't, you know, maybe they go into that more. Maybe the next movie is like a flashback. I'm not, I really don't know. Yeah. No, I don't think it's a flashback because he looks the same age. So it's got to be not, you know, if he's the same age, they wouldn't flashback a couple years probably. Or yeah. maybe, maybe they did. Before, he's only there for eight years, so he's only in prison for eight years. All right, let me see about Hannibal. Because it's 2001, so I really do wonder if it was a good movie or... But then they made another one, so how bad could it have been? There's a TV show. Yeah, Damn, Hannibal Lecter really did blow up Yeah, after this movie. I think he was just terrifying for that time. They'd never seen a villain just, like, so poised, I guess. And, I mean, that... And just so yeah. in control, but, like, yeah. You just feel the... Oh, okay, well, I mean, Ridley Scott. Okay, well, it's got trash ratings. Oh, really? Trash ratings. But Ridley Scott made it. It's got 6.8 on IMDb, which usually means it's absolute dog shit, and 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. Because usually every single movie on IMDb has a 7, at least. Okay. 
So if you see someone dipping below seven, you're like, oof, it's probably a shitty movie. But it made three fifty, three hundred fifty million in the box office. So how bad could it have been? Okay, well that sucks. Ridley Scott directed it, Hans Zimmer composed it, and it flopped. Maybe we should watch it. Maybe, Maybe it's we good. should. Yeah. But and then the other like thing that I kind of liked about it, um, so I discussed in the beginning, like when he was imprisoned mm-hmm. and they like had him under radar and they like were keeping up with like his, his, uh, his heart rate, like, and he did kill somebody. They say his heart rate, like never went above 80. And so you go from that to when he's like in the cage up in that building and the officers are bringing him his food and you hear like the pianos playing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's kind of like to depict just that's what's going on in his head. Like it's all just very calm. It's a plan. Like it's very composed. Like he like he's in full control. And he, like yeah. it kind of rises like as he's like doing the killing and doing everything. But then like as soon as it's over and he realizes that they're dead, like it just goes back to like a nice, cool, calm piano yeah he is he is in full control of himself because i don't know if you realize i don't know if you like recognize this from it but he i think what he did is with the pen piece he it wasn't just like in his mouth he sat there for a second he was like uh one more moment please because like what the trick david blaine does have you seen yeah. that where he brings yeah, the frog yeah. out of his stomach yeah. i think he swallowed it they definitely and did. then he just, just like he was having conversations before that yeah and then he just brought it back up through his esophagus yeah it don't, doesn't live in your stomach, I don't think. I think it lives like right here in your whatever it's called, food pipe, yeah. scientific term. Yeah. And he just brought that thing back up. So he has full control over his body where he can literally hide stuff in his esophagus. There it is. That's the word I'm looking for. I thought you'd already said it too. <laughs> Maybe I just... I, I think you did. Well. Anyways, you had it right. Yes. Yes, the esophagus. Yeah. That's insane, dude. You can literally hold something in your fucking body you just clint you just like tighten those muscles that you literally have no control over right now i couldn't do it because like you know like when you get something stuck in your chest sometimes like that ain't even easy to get down so how are you gonna just hold it there and bring it back up you have to have gotta be strong up here too which hannibal obviously is obviously you can train to do that because david blaine trained to do it how do you start that training? I wouldn't have a clue. Just take big, swallow big bites of food? Try and see if you can, like, cough up pills? It has to, but you have to, you have to like, do it with things that I, I don't think you can, like, digest. I think your first step is doing the thing where he does the human fire hydrant. You seen that one? No. He drinks a lot of water and then goes, and like spits it out of his mouth and like it's a lot like it's a hose like because yeah. it's so much water he just drank like he drinks like a gallon beforehand lets it sit in his stomach and then he drinks two more glasses of water I don't know if it was a gallon but he drinks like a lot of water pre before he got on the show and then he drinks two glasses and he's like alright here we go and he just like essentially just puking yeah. but he's controlling the puke and it's just water because he, he hasn't eaten anything so maybe that's step one get the, get the human fire hydrant down and then you gotta maybe take big bites of a burger, bring it back up. It's for it's for the freaks, man. David Blaine and Hannibal Lecter can just have it. I'm not doing yeah. that shit. 
Am I committed enough to do that shit? No, I I wouldn't get much satisfaction. I'd be like, hey guys, look at this. <laughs> and then they all everybody would just look at me and be like, uh, all right, like the fuck. And then they probably yeah. just never really want to talk to me again. And but when they get drunk, they're gonna ask you to do it again. Yeah, and then that's when it becomes a curse. Yeah, because like I don't want to do this all the time. Yeah, they already do it to me enough, like getting me to throw up. That would be the what you can't do would be what what you should spend your time on if you're going to do something like that is just how to chug as fast as possible. Because that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Seen that guy? What's the big old guy? He wins all the time. The lemonade chug during Fourth of July. Badlands chugs. You seen this guy? I feel like I've seen so many people just they're like great chuggers. Like we know a Not couple now. guys. This guy's built different. Okay. What does my he do? Wish I had my laptop. Well, what does this guy do? He just chugs so fast. Like a ga- like a pitcher of lemonade just goes gone. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like he was significant. He's like the Joey Chestnut of the hot dog eating competition where he just blows everybody out of the water. Same thing with this guy. Just blew everybody out of the water with a chug. Like the other guy was like many seconds after he was done. We have a buddy that can chug a water bottle in like one punch. Yeah, that'd be cool to do. Yeah. Shout out Jake Phillips. Oh, he can do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He might be losing his touch getting old now no i think i made him do it like not that long ago mm. but he can do it because i don't know how you just lose that talent i've seen the man shotgun a beer in like 0.5 it's exactly not really but no fast. i mean it seriously is it's it's pretty impressive yeah i wish i can get to that yeah i'm not slow though i can do it pretty decent good for you man thanks bro your kids will be proud of you you're not very good at it i'm awful at it I have no shame in it. Can't burp. Can't burp. Can't burp. And there's no surgery you can do for your burping issue? Apparently there's Botox I could do, but I don't know. I don't want to do that. And then I'm just like, oh, wait, I can drink so much beer. I don't want that. I'm I'm okay with being limited by what God made for me. I'm pretty sure you being able to drink more beer would help you out. Says you. Because you want to drink liquor and get really drunk really fast it's not the case just a sipper that's my problem is if i drink liquor i've found out after some deep analysis is that i just drink liquor like beer and they're always doubles because i always pour them tall and i just get way too drunk way too fast gotta find that self-control man beer beer is my (laughs) self-control beer is your self-control i just instead of a double maybe i'll just get a single yeah the trick, I think, is to get a shot and then pour it tall with the chaser for me. Then I don't, I'm still slinging them, but I'm keeping it easy. That I think that is the universal trick. There that we is, go. That's the way to go. But uh, Silence of the Lambs, what, what are you rating it? I'm going to give it, I feel like it would go up if I watched it a second time, but the first viewing, I'm going to give it a... 7.5. Okay. Okay, nice. Very nice. Where'd you, where are you going? 6.5. <laughs> so much lower every Six, time. 
When is the day going to be when we literally get the same score? I, as long as I keep going first, probably never. Or as long as you keep going first, probably never. You mean you would change it if it was the same? No, but I'm just saying, like, you giving it a 7.5, I'm like, well, when I really think about it. <laughs> what were you going to give it originally? You I gotta, don't I don't know. I got to lock it down. We got to lock it down in our heads prior and then give it out. No, because that's score can't it, sway your score because you just want to fucking make me say, argue with you. No, it's not even your score. It's just when you say 7.5, I hear that. And I'm like, that just seems a little too high. It's a classic. So what? World renowned. So what? Two hundred plus million dollars raised over the course of its life so what that's impressive we've watched plenty of movies at this point that everybody told me i should have liked and you know what i just wasn't like that crazy moved by it you're just one of those guys not one of those guys i like it's 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 a good movie makes sense now that i haven't seen it in a few years because i really just didn't have the craziest desire to watch it I'll say the same thing about, like... Uh, yeah, it didn't blow me away. But it was good. Yeah. That's 7.5. Okay. Maybe that is on the to high you. end, but... Maybe it is on the high end. Because the next movie that we plan on watching is The Shining. Mm-hmm. And again, one of those movies, classic. Mm-hmm. That one probably, hopefully, will blow us away. You've seen it or no? I haven't seen it. Nice. Me neither. Okay. So we'll go into this blind. Stanley Kubrick. Right? What do you mean? He made oh, it. the director? Yeah. Uh, Pretty sure Stanley Kubrick made it. I just know it's Jack Nicholson. Here's Johnny. Your brother say that a lot? I say it to him all the time and I've never seen the movie. <laughs> yep. Stanley Kubrick. The goat, one of the goats. One of the goats. Again, one of these movies where everybody's like, you got to watch this one. It's a great one. And I will watch it. And you will hate on it. I will not hate on it. If it's good, I will, you know, I will say it's good. I hope it blows me out of the water. Okay. I I hate going and watching a movie. And this isn't one of the, this isn't the case, but there have definitely been movies in my life where I've watched a movie that I was really hyped for and then it sucked. Like, uh, recently, there's this uh, Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx movie where it's like a comedy and they're dogs. It's called Strays, I believe. It's new, right? Oh, yeah. Trash. It's a kid's movie. No, it's rated R. What? Yeah, dude. That's the issue, bro. If you're going to make a rated R, you know, cartoon movie like that, was it vulgar? Yeah, but like, yeah, like you said, it was kind of kiddish. Like there were like, there were like life lessons to it and stuff like that. And like, I get it, whatever. It's nice. But it's like, dude, if you're going to go that route, don't make it a rated R movie. Yeah, don't. Like you got to make it like, what's the funny kid, the new super bad style type of movie. It's like about the little kids and they're bad. What movie are you talking about? Good Boys. Good Boys. You never seen Good Boys? I don't think so. Which one is Good Boys? I think it's called Good Boys, but it's with it's got three kids. They're young. They're like in elementary school or middle school, you know, like they're probably sixth grade max, and they're trying to go to their first like party 
as like middle schoolers, I think. I think they're transitioning into middle school. So now they're going to their first sixth grade party, if I remember correctly. And they're just, they just cuss. They're trying to get beer. They go to a frat house and they steal Molly. Actually, I feel like I did see this like in 2020. Yeah, they all like, <laughs> they all, they don't drink a beer. They all like are willing to take a sip of the beer. And so like, that's what they do. Like they're big all like time. out in the woods and that's they're like, big time. yeah, they're like, they're all scared to try the beer, but they don't want to act like they're nerds in front of the cool kids. So they like <laughs> drink the beer and they like puke afterward because it's disgusting. And they don't take the molly to, they don't steal the molly to take it. They just take the molly so they could, um, get it for the, one of their sister's friends. I'm not going to lie. When I was 14, I remember I had a buddy over and I knew my dad like accidentally left these beers up in the upstairs refrigerator which he never did, but he did this one time. And I was like taking shots of beer. <laughs> Just pouring was beer the, shot glasses. When was the first time you drank? How old were you? I don't know. I mean, I know the first time I got drunk was was 13. 13. Yeah. That's pretty young. Pretty young. What's that story? Oh, man. How drunk did you get? Hammered. Like blackout? Like, but, but you did, you, I don't think you black out the first time you do it. I no matter how bl- drunk you get. I didn't black out. I mean, I remember just having a great time listening to like a lot of Mac Miller. Um, Were was, you? It was definitely because of an older sibling of mine. I'll let you guess which one. And I think my parents must have been out of town. And that older sibling. Here's had, Johnny. <laughs> and that older sibling had some of his buddies over. And how old is John? How much older is Johnny than you? He's six years older than me. So okay. he was, he was in college at this oh, point. Oh yeah. He's prime time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had three strawberries. <laughs> yep. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And it worked. I, I had, Oh, I had a ball. I had a ball. He's getting fucking hammered as a 13 year old boy weighing destroyed hundred pounds probably. Yep. And then I really don't want to snitch, but mm. Well, I won't talk about that on here. <laughs> but four to 14 years old was even crazier. What is that? You can't just say that and then not talk about it. I went to I went to a party. It was fun. And you got plastered? Yeah. What I else think, are you going to do at 14 years old and at a party you're not supposed to be at? I think 15, 14 or 15. This is when I first got drunk. And I was drinking. I got drunk off of... What are they called? Um, a palm breeze. Palm breeze? Palm breeze. Palm breeze? Never heard of that. It's essentially like a, it's a sweet soda. It's like a girl's drink. Carbonated. It's got a little alcohol in it. You got to ease into these things when you're yeah, I'm like, not like gonna be 13, f- 14, yeah. 15. Yeah, I was 14 or 15. Yeah. And I was at a trip with my buddy and his parents let him drink. And I was like, hey, that's my dad. I'm like, hey. Please drink. Please. He's like, all right, baby, we gotta be careful. And like, you know, walk yeah. me through it all and then got hammered. <laughs> Just got so drunk. One thing that I remember like drinking earlier than compared to now is like I remember I could like feel it in my face way more. Yeah, that was yeah. just me. Like I remember my face would get numb. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was just like I don't know. Like, yeah, I remember first time doing anything. What's odd for me is that like when I'd get really drunk on accident, obviously, cause I never try to black out drink, but I fucking will black out. I'm not trying to like get that drunk, but it just happens cause it sneaks up on me. But I always black out. Like I don't remember 
from a point on to the rest of the night. But when I was first started to drink, you know, as a kid, I remember I never blacked out. I would, I remember vividly a memory, like a vivid memory of me being hammer drunk, stumbling to pee and then running back. But like, remember feeling like, Whoa, yeah, I'm drunk. Yeah. But I was there. But now, now that doesn't happen. No, when I'm stumbling around, I'm yeah. gone. Just wild. Cause I, I don't, yeah, I don't get blackout like that often or that often. I mean, uh, it's probably happened like a handful of times. Like just really doesn't happen to me. I still have that whole like, okay, I'm drunk, but now I'm older. So it's like, okay, I'm drunk. Time to go to bed. Now that I haven't drank, like I don't drink that often. Like I used to in college or, you know, whatever. I do think I, and I'll black out as quickly as I used to. That's good. Cause I've heard if you drink a lot and you, and if you get yourself to black out enough times, your body will just start to be like, Oh, he's drinking again. Shut it down. <laughs> Dang that. I mean, that would make a lot of sense for, I feel like, I don't know, a lot of adults that I see drink that have been drinking for a long time. And I'm just like, how are you so absurdly drunk? And then maybe their body's just like, Oh boy, here we go again. That's what, you know, the comedian John Mulaney. Yeah. He talks about when he was, going through like his like he was drinking Hardcore, a lot yeah, yeah and just doing, getting messed up yeah. yeah he said his body when he would just take one one or two drinks he would just black out immediately and he talked to somebody about it and they said that it's because your body's shutting down like it knows what it's about to get into so it's prematurely shutting down jeez because your brain's ready for the trauma you're about to ensue on on your body <laughs> <laughs> with all the the alcohol just pickling yourself holy shit yeah i definitely i've never had that problem before like I always am able to like recollect what I said and did, not necessarily meaning that I haven't said anything I don't regret, but at least I remember saying it. Yeah. Not me. Like there have only been like a handful of times where I can tell people like, dude, like I, I really don't remember that at all. The good thing is though, is that, but that's a good thing. I feel like, yeah, I don't think I have, maybe there's like one, where I like was blackout drunk and like did something that I was like really regretful for. I was like, damn it, why'd I do that? Yeah. But most of the time I just get, I just do fucking stupid shit. Like yeah. one time I woke up, <laughs> I went to a party and I got really hammered and I woke up nice. with my ankle hurting so bad and a giant whelp on my elbow and I had no idea what happened. And whenever the crew gets back together to come recollect the night together. Yeah, you gotta start putting the pieces together. I was told... I was told that I fell down the stairs. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Just rolled my ankle hard, fell down, busted my elbow. Probably hit my head. I had to have. Yeah, typically. Unless that elbow just really took everything. Yeah. But I've never blacked out. And like, that's like the kind of stupid shit I do. I start dancing on tables, jumping on stairs, falling down. Yeah. That's about how it goes. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I've never blacked out and murdered two cops and used one of their faces as my own. Like, I've never done that. Good for you. Yeah. I've never, like, eaten another man's tongue or any human's tongue, for that matter. I've never, like, blacked out and just killed a bunch of fat girls and started sewing their skin so I could look like a beautiful woman. I'm happy that you have not. But we know two guys that have, and they were sober. And you can, too. We don't know that. In Silence of the Lambs. Fuck. We don't know if Buffalo Bill was sober. We don't know if any of our friends have never done something like that. Until we do. What if we know some serial killers? 
I think we, well, maybe not know a serial killer, but we at least have come across and met a psychopath. Yeah. You ever heard that story of a, the guy, it was a scientist studying psychopaths and he had everybody screen because to be identified and labeled as a psychopath, like legally, you have to have committed a crime. So there's a lot of psychopaths in the world, but they're not classified. They're yet. not classified because they haven't done anything bad. So he took all the markers of what it takes to be a psychopath besides the criminal activity. And he was doing this test and it was all blind study test. And he had everybody do it, him, his class, everybody that he could find to do this test is to see how many psychopaths there were in like a random selection group. There's only one. And when he come to find out it was him, he was a psychopath, but he doesn't want to be but he doesn't have the emotion and the empathy of a, of everybody else. Like when he, he loves his wife and his family, but he doesn't really feel anything about them. And he, when he started to think about it, he's like, damn, I do feel weird around my family. They like not feel weird, but I don't feel what I think I should be feeling. And so he found out that he was a psychopath because of his own study, trying to figure out it's deep. the psychopaths. That's pretty crazy. Fuck, are we psychopaths? You ever cried about somebody or something sad? Yeah. Not a psychopath. <laughs> I don't know if that's the actual. Oh, damn. <laughs> it's got to be, though. If you cry about something that, like somebody, it's got to be a. I don't know. Because you don't feel. Like, you don't feel love. You're just kind of yourself. You don't have any empathy for people. I don't think I'm a psychopath. I think I'm just a regular old guy. You haven't cut anybody up, so that's a good sign too. That you're not a psychopath. No, no. If I did, I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to keep it together. That's how you know you're not a psychopath. I'm not a psychopath. Alright, Greg. You got any final words about oh silence the silence of the lambs? The lambs are still screaming. And they will never stop screaming until you figure your shit out. God bless and amen. Let's hope the end of the world is not soon. We're out. <laughs> <laughs>